the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview, and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you and honor you. And Lord, we pray, O oh Lord, that this day would be a day that we can uh, just represent you well, that people will see us and hear us and know that you are with us. I pray that actually for every day, not just today. And Lord, as we are studying humility today, I pray that each one listening to my voice would desire to be humble before you, Lord, and and that they would work at it, that it would be something that they would truly look at, because this is part of the heart of Messiah. And so we thank you, praise you, and honor you this day, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay, well, let me mention a, a great opportunity to attend a wonderful worship service on Saturday morning at our Tampa congregation with internationally known Jonathan Sattel. He'll be leading. He's a wonderful worship leader who will be in our Tampa congregation at 11 in the morning on Saturday uh, and our Riverview congregation in the afternoon, 4 p.m. I pray you will be able to join us for this exceptional time in the Lord. For more information, check out our website, shereshdavid.org, or call Karen at 813-831-5673. We'd love for you to get the word out, bring friends, family, Jewish people who don't yet know Yeshua as their Messiah. I'll tell you, this past Saturday was wonderful as we led a 90-year-old Jewish woman to the Lord. It, it was pretty exciting. Uh, we want to see that more often, and I think we'll get to see it when people who are not believers are brought to our synagogue. Please consider that. Last week, we started talking about humility, 
And I pray that you are praying for yourself, for your family and friends, for your congregation, and for our country and our world to develop humility. You know, each week it seems to be getting worse with the awful rhetoric and mudslinging, don't you agree? Yet humility always starts with us. And then our reaction to what is going on around us, if we can't be humble, who can? We should be teaching humility by our lives testifying of our concern for others before our concern for ourselves. At Shoresh David, when I speak about these kinds of words that everybody understands, because everybody understands the word humility, I always say, but it's got to look like something. So today, last week we talked about specifically humility. Today, we are going to break it down into different categories. And I want you to understand that humility has actions. It has the following characteristics, and maybe more, but these are some of the ones I thought of. Repentance, forgiveness, respect, accountability, unify, and teachability. Okay, so... Last week, as I said, we, we did the characteristics of humility. And, and let me just mention, there are real reasons that it is hard to be humble. One is that we have a sin nature that's always trying to get our attention. Have you noticed? The Bible warns us of this in Galatians 5.15. It says, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, the ruach. But the Ruach sets its desire against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you cannot do what you want. Another reason it seems hard to be humble is that oftentimes we don't work at it hard enough. We often wish we were more obedient and humble, but do not actually make any effort. In fact, we think it's a natural thing that happens automatically. There's nothing we can do about it to make ourselves more humble. And I would tend to disagree with that. Paul knew that a half-hearted effort to be humble would never work. He wrote in 1 Corinthians 9.27, Rather, I punish my body and bring it into submission so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Well, How many of us would be disqualified by our lack of humility? Humility takes hard work. A third reason for it to be uh, that it's hard for us to be humble is because the devil makes sure we pay a high price for it. The God of this world, Hasatan or Satan, and the one, uh, one of his chief traits is pride because of its power to cause division. And isn't that what he recently and consistently has tried to do all over the place? We see this in 2 Corinthians 4.4. says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the good news of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God. So there are all sorts of reasons that we're not humble. We might not have grown up in that setting where it was right. Maybe you're just seeing that that's a requirement of Scripture now. 
Two separate times the Bible says in the New Testament, the New Covenant, that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's James 4, 6 and 1 Peter 5, 5. So if God gives grace to the humble, then being humble is like a doorway to being blessed and spiritually successful in your life. Consider that if believers were humble, there would be very few divisions in our congregations and in the body of believers, right? So let's see what humility looks like. Let's see some of the actions that make up humility's characteristics. We're going to start with repent. Well, repent means that we are expressing or feeling sincere regret and remorse. Repentance is that activity of reviewing or, you know, looking at your actions and feeling regret for the past things you did wrong. And also, I believe, a commitment to change. If you live in the spirit of repentance daily, it will really be hard to get angry at others. If you live in the spirit of repentance daily, it will be hard to get offended by others. Repentance, look, it's not beating yourself up. That's not what repentance is for something that you've done. Rather, it's receiving Yeshua's love so that you are able to let it go and decide to learn from the experience. Repentance is being sorry and then moving on. Condemnation of yourself is being sorry and not letting go of your failure, which keeps you stuck in continuous failure. So let us repent and not condemn ourselves. Let's move on. God wants us to do that. That's why he heals us. He cleanses us of our sin. Luke 13, 3, No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all will perish the same way. Mm, Okay. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent and let each of you be immersed in the name of Messiah Yeshua for the removal of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So repentance is part of what you have to do to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Acts 3, 19 and 20, repent, therefore, and return, so your sins might be blotted out, so times of relief might come from the presence of Adonai, and he might send Yeshua the Messiah appointed for you. So repentance is part of what brings you relief from your sins and your lousy attitude. And so repentance is a wonderful thing. Romans 2, 4. Or do you belittle the riches of God's kindness and tolerance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance? Well, so we should want to repent because God has been so gracious with us. We should learn that when we are gracious with others, they have a better chance of repenting with real change in their lives. Repentance is a good thing. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some consider slowness. Rather, 
He is being patient toward you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. It is the desire of the Lord that we should repent. <laughs> and finally, 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, which is repenting, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. How often should we repent? I don't know. How often do you sin? <laughs> right? Humility will have us repent daily before the Lord. We depend on him to forgive us and purify us. But without humility, it will be very hard. We will feel the pride, and it will cause us not to want to repent. Repentance is a beautiful thing, and it's part of being humble. If you are not willing to repent, it's possible that you are not humble. (laughs) Okay, let's look at forgiveness. This is a good one, right? Forgiveness is an act of your will to trust God and not hold on to an offense, even if it is not necessarily wise based on the history of the other person's actions. So this is a quote from me. <laughs> this is how I view forgiveness. So let me read it to you again. It's, it's The key is to, you're not going to necessarily be wise or seen as wise when you uh, forgive, especially if somebody has a history of being mean to you. But here it is again. Forgiveness is an act of your will to trust God and not hold on to any offense, even if it is not necessarily wise based on the history of the other person's actions. Look, forgiveness is when you stop feeling angry or resentful toward someone for an offense, a flaw, a mistake. If you live in the spirit of forgiveness daily, it will be hard to get angry at others. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) If you live in the spirit of forgiveness daily, it will be hard to get offended by others. Look, when we don't forgive, we put ourselves in bondage. We're slaves to Hasatan, to, to Satan, whose main mission is to divide people from each other. We're also slaves to the person we don't forgive, for they are in our minds, right? When you don't forgive, you're thinking about them. They have free rent in your minds, people have said. So it, it is good to forgive. It's, it's almost impossible to have an intimate relationship with the Lord when we are harboring unforgiveness. This is so very important. Do not fool yourself. Unforgiveness is harmful to your life. So let's look at scriptures. Prudence or good sense or wisdom or discretion makes one slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook an offense. You know, we are constantly seeking that God would receive glory from our actions. Here is an opportunity for us to receive glory from God, but it requires you to overlook an offense. 
Matthew 6, we all know this. Uh, Verse 9, therefore pray in this way, our Father who is in heaven sanctified, be your name, your kingdom come, you will be done on, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then it says, listen to this, for if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. Wow, this is extremely serious, right? Isn't it? Is it possible that only unsaved people can't forgive? If you have not forgiven someone, does that put into question whether or not you've accepted Yeshua into your heart? You might know him in your head, but do you know him in your heart? Because in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that the heart is needed for salvation. And if you have not forgiven, you are disobeying God, who says he won't forgive you if you don't forgive. How can you even consider not forgiving? This concept is even repeated in Mark eleven twenty five. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you, your transgressions. Wow. Come on now. Be honest with yourselves. Luke 17, 3 and 4, keep yourselves alert. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Even if he sins against you seven times a day and seven times returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So forgiveness and a spirit of forgiveness is an outgrowth of knowing God and his word. We have no choice. It is a daily, moment-by-moment activity. If you are part of a congregation or a family, you get to practice this so often because people offend you all the time and you have to forgive them. And you, you shouldn't even wait for their repentance because you will waste time in unforgiveness, but you will get lots of practice. If you're a hermit, maybe not so much. Uh, Do you know that our behavior can grieve the Holy Spirit? Part of that is our ability to forgive. Look, Ephesians 4.30 to 32 says, Do not grieve the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit of God, by whom You were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and quarreling and slander, along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. You know, when a theme in Scripture is repetitive, It obviously is extremely important to God. Colossians 3, 12 and 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
clothe yourself in tender compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord pardoned you, so also you must pardon others. There's a wonderful book called Total Forgiveness, and it's written by R.T. Kendall, a pastor, and he gives us a number of things to, like a checklist, to make sure that we've totally forgiven. I've changed it a little, uh, but for the most part, it's from him. Number one, and this is so difficult, are you ready for the, the, the almost the most difficult thing first? Make the deliberate an irrevocable choice not to tell anyone what they did. Wow, don't talk about it. <laughs> then you'll know you have forgiven the person. Now, look, if you're in counseling, obviously you can talk about it. But this is talking about conversation. Don't talk about it, right? If you hear yourself talking about it, you still have unforgiveness. Number two, when you see them, don't ignore them. Number three, be pleasant around them. Number four, when speaking, say that which would set them free from guilt or their fears. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? Five, pray for them. And six, continue to do one through five. So it would be hard to categorize yourself as humble if you have people that you have not forgiven. Giving forgiveness is an act of humility. Through Yeshua, we see that God modeled humility. He models forgiveness. If there's anyone who you need to forgive, Would you do it today? I really believe that this is God's desire. Well, I'd love to start with respecting, but I'm going to have to do it next week. Oh, my goodness. It's already time to go, but let me just say a couple things before you leave. If you feel this program's been valuable to you, please support it financially. We depend on God touching your heart to stay on the radio waves. Again, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Or if you prefer, choose the donate button at our website, heartofmessiah.org. Let me mention a great opportunity again to attend a wonderful worship service on Saturday morning at our Tampa congregation with internationally known Jonathan Sattel. He's going to be leading. He's a great worship leader who will be in, 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 in our Tampa congregation at 11 a.m. and in our Riverview congregation at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. I pray that you'll be able to join us, not only for this exceptional time in the Lord, but I pray that You will bring others, bring friends, family, and especially if you know Jewish people who don't know Yeshua as their Messiah, it'll be a great time 
to bring them. So for more information, you can look at our website, shereshdavid.org, or call Karen at 813-831-5673. If you have any questions, comments, email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me in prayer as we close. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach The Lion of Judah The God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.